Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Today, we're talking about sin and shame. Jump on in there. Uh, Right, my name is Rachel Turner. I go to this church. And uh, today, uh, we're going to continue the journey through 1 John. 1 John is one of the tiny little letters in the back. It's the one that you flip over to get to Revelations and then try to find in the little fiddly bits of your Bible. And uh, it was written by a guy called John. Ah, yes, see, the genius is in the room. Uh, It was written by a guy called John, and uh, he was writing to a group of people. Um, A lot of the New Testament are letters to people, which is why you have a lot of the Dear Bob, don't forget my favorite letters are a bit earlier in the New Testament when he's like, thank you for sending food. I appreciate it. Can someone grab my cloak next time you're running past? You'll see a lot of that in there. Uh, And please say hi to my mom and my friends. Uh, And in John, we don't get any of the dear, dear friend bits, just so you know. But uh, he was writing to a bunch of people who were in quite a lot of confusion uh, because they were getting lots of differing teaching. Um, and it was confusing, and Noah's standing up saying it was a joke. Uh, So people were honestly teaching lots of different things, and it was getting confusing. And so he was writing to bring some clarity to it. And uh, the passage today that we really want to focus on, the the thing that I want to talk about, is this beautiful verse uh, in 1 John 2, uh, 28. And we're going to bring that up a little bit, just this one. I typed it up very fast. I know, for those of you who know me, I have a PowerPoint. (gasps) shock horror so this is the verse and now dear children continue in him so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming i love this desire for john to make us know that when god appears when jesus comes back when we see him face to face That what is our inheritance is to see God face-to-face, confident and unashamed. It's a beautiful idea. And then he goes on to talk about it. Now, um, I was going to read you this whole passage, and it's a big one. But when I was reading it, I found myself getting a bit lost. Have you ever read scripture and you're like, a lot of those individual sentences are really nice, but I'm not 100% sure what's going on. And uh, yeah, 1 John 3, I find that, because he spends a lot of time saying, uh, he's talking about sin, people who are in sin, people who are in Christ, people who are walking in sin, and he goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And he reminds me of what my husband said. I write books, and sometimes my husband will read a little bit of the passage, and he goes, I don't think it's making sense, because you can't see your body, and I talk a lot with my body, and I write like that, so I write like, you know, over here is this, and over here is this, and I spend a lot of time with my body doing this, and in paper, it doesn't come across as well, and I feel sometimes John is like that. He's, he's trying to say, on one hand this, on the other hand this, on one hand this, on the other hand this, and I end up getting lost in what he's talking about, and so what I did was I went through And I took, when he said, on one hand this, and I put it all in one section. And then when he said, on the other hand this, and I put it all in the other section. So it's nice and clear. Okay? I know. I know. Because I think it's really important. And if you're like me, I end up numbing out while I'm reading scripture, and I miss the really good bits because I just am struggling with how the sentences are structured. And so what 
John goes on to talk about after he gives us this beautiful verse is he talks about how we go on the path to feeling confident and unashamed. So I'm going to read it to you, just listen to the whole thing, and then we'll go back and look at the two different paths that he talks about. So no PowerPoints on this one. Because he says, I want to see you confident and, and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawless, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. For no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or know him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is righteous, he who, is, he who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor anyone who does not love his brother. Did you start zoning out towards the end? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. All good stuff gets a bit confusing. So what I wanted to look at is this. The whole point of that whole thing is to bring us to the point where we can look at God in the face, confident and unashamed. And he's trying to explain the whole sin versus walking with God thing. And often what all of us do, or if you're like me, as soon as you say the word sin, it becomes either... I can, for somehow, walk completely sinless, or I'm in sin, and it's awful, and it's that's it. There's nothing in between. And what I see in this passage is not either be completely sinless and perfect, or you belong to the devil. That's not what I see in this passage. What I see in this passage is a beautiful encouragement of how this works. And so what he's trying to describe is what sin is. So I'm going to pull out all the bits about the sin passage, and we're going to look at what it's like to walk with the sin path and the other one. So the next one, blank. There we go, path of sin. Oh, yeah, there we go. So this has pulled out all the bits of sin. So it says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had a memory now, some of us, I became a Christian, I remember when I was four, uh, and I remember that moment. Some people are still walking that path and haven't yet said, yes, I want to be free from sin. Sin is lawlessness. It's doing what you want. It's, it's being boundaried less and trying to figure out how to live life. And when we sin, we're walking in that lawlessness. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. When you're walking in sin, you sort of get blinds to everything else but your choices. And so I find that there's these 
sin bits where I, what did I write on this one? I said that thing about my friend. You know that thing that I shouldn't have said. Or I lied to my husband. Or I'm sitting in my car just stewing with anger. Uh, I walk in selfishness. Or I'm rude to my mom. Yeah. Felt that thud in the room. Not on top of my thoughts. Uh, watched that television show I probably shouldn't have watched. Um, fantasized about telling my boss off. Yeah, you all weren't sure where that one was going, but uh, telling my boss off. If everyone practiced in the shower, you practice in the shower telling someone off. I'm excellent in the shower of sticking up to my boss. I am so like, you know, and all my coworkers are like, burn in the back. I'm excellent. And I get covered with these choices of sin that I walk in because my primary focus is on my comfort and me trying to navigate through this world, and the sin can weigh on us. The problem is when you are walking in lawlessness, having not seen or known God, there is no other path but to continue to be covered in sin. There's no way out. It's like never being able to wash your hands for your entire life. It's cumulative. It keeps going. You are covered and covered, and there's no other path besides more dirtiness. I don't know, since the pandemic, I'm much more aware. Like, I wash my hands all the time because the more I've gotten used to having clean hands, the more I'm like, wow, I was filthy. Um, But this sense of having no way out but what you see in front of you, this lawless walking of being steeped in sin with no way of getting clean because I cannot see God or know God because I am trapped in this thing of never being able to find a pathway to be clean. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. This sense of just being trapped in the pattern that from the beginning of time has been in existence. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor anyone who does not love their brother and sister. It is a trapped, isolated, lonely life of being stuck in a pathway that cannot end by any effort of my own. Does that make sense? And what comes with that, I find, is shame. Being covered in sin is disconnecting from God. It's disconnecting from others. But shame comes with it. And I find shame a really powerful thing because shame is not just my awareness that these things are wrong. Shame is my judgment of myself that makes me look at my identity and say, I am a... I am a bad person. I want to hide from everybody. I want to just wrap myself in my little duvet of shame. I just want to live here in my shame blanket that sort of makes me hide myself from others because I don't want people to see all the sin bits of me. So I sort of exist in this isolated thing of shame of how I view myself and the thing that I know sits on me. And it's really hard to, like, engage with people and walk around life and do things in a blanket of shame. I don't know if you've ever lived in a blanket of shame. Anyone live in a blanket of shame? It's hard to move. It's hard to do anything. It's hard to breathe. This feeling of shame is a feeling of being angry with yourself, of um, being embarrassed about yourself, of wanting to hide and not let people see because you know the bits that are underneath are the bits that you have a sense of being wrong. Does that make sense? It's hard to live free when you're in a blanket of shame. But God didn't want us to live in that. He gave us a path of righteousness. Could you give us the path of righteousness, please? 
I pulled out all the verses that talk about the alternative path. The alternative path of righteousness says if you know that he, God, is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. We get given a whole new life. Not the path that says I am trapped in sin and this is all I can do and if I, there's no way that I can pull myself out of it. So it's just me and my shame bubble keeping going. But he says, see the great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. He rescued us from this path, picked us up, whoosh, plunked us on a whole different path. A path of being children of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Is they're on a whole different path. So when they see a different path, it seems unfamiliar and different. The reason, dear friends, we are now that we are children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. One day I'm going to be like Jesus. Not yet, but, you know, I'm the beginning of it. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. One day, I'm going to be like Jesus. It's going to be awesome. Today is not that day, but one day, I will be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I get to say, oh God, take away all my sin. And he comes and swoop, 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 swoop. swoop. He even sees the stuff that I can't see. Have I gotten all my sin? Is my sin, all of my sin off? All my sin's off. I get to purify myself. Just as Jesus is pure, I get to walk this different path. Could I have the next bit? But you know that he appeared so that he might take away, zip, 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 our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. And this is when we all get stuck because we're like, does that mean I sinned once and now I'm on a complete back? I'm back over here. I'm back over here on this path. And for me, when I read this verse, it says... That no one who lives in him keeps on sinning means that I am not on the inevitable, destructive path of unrescuable sin. It means that I am on the path of purification. I get to be removed. I get to have it removed. I get to walk in the freedom of that. It means I don't have to be on that. That is not my path of my nature. It is not on the path of my future. I am on the path to becoming more and more like Christ. I get to wash my hands, except this time I get to wash my heart. And I get to wash every bit of my heart over and over and over and over again as I become more and more close to him as I see him. Dear children, don't let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work, to destroy the trappedness of us being stuck over here, to destroy everything that the devil came to grab us into. Because no one who is born of God will continue to be in that sin path because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. There's something inside of us that makes us really hypersensitive the Spirit of God, to say, this is not of me. This is not of me. It's why we feel like we need to come to God and be purified again and see ourselves in righteousness. Does that make sense? Good. This is how we know who the children of God are. Because we get to walk in this path. It's not about being perfect or not perfect. It's about saying we got picked up and put on a path. We get to walk this path of washing our hands and purifying ourselves and becoming more like Jesus and making mistakes. 
But what I wanted to talk to you today about this. Can we go back to the next verse? The, the next one. The whole purpose of this sermon is this one thing at the very beginning. What he started with saying to us was this. Now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him. And what I find really interesting is that John was talking in this letter to the Christians, to the people who were already on this path. He was describing the difference between this path and this path. And he's saying we get to be on this wonderful, beautiful, glorious path that God gave us in love that we can constantly purify ourselves. But he wanted us to be confident and unashamed. And I don't know about you, but a significant portion of my life is grabbing my shame blanket that is supposed to be free from. Because I go, oh, thank you, God. I, I am covered in sin, and I made the mistake again, and God, I pray that you would just take that away and remove my sins from me as far as the east is from the west. I thank you that you love me. But I'm kind of annoyed with myself. <laughs> and I thank you for your forgiveness, but I'm really mad at myself that I keep making this mistake. And I don't know about you, God, but I'm really mad at me. And I'm mad at me, and I'm never going to be good at this. And I don't deserve happiness. And I'm so mad at myself, and my leadership should just be taken away from me. And I, don't, and I wrap myself in my shame blanket, and I go away, and I beat myself up. And Jesus is over there going, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm such a sinful person, Lord. I should never be given any gifts anymore. Take it away, Jesus. I'm so sinful. I keep making mistakes. And he's like, what are you doing? I didn't die on the cross and set you a whole path and call you my children so that you could roll on the ground in your shame blanket. Do you know what I mean? It's like, get out of your shame blankets. I like my shame blanket. It makes me... <laughs> I don't know why I like my shame blanket. There's something powerful that we're not just forgiven of our sins, but we're freed from shame. Those of us who've ever loved anybody else, when they wrong you, whether it's a child, whether it's a parent, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a friend, whether it's a partner, when they wrong you, when they deeply apologize, and you forgive them, and you're like, we're okay... And then they walk around and you continue to feel that disconnection because they're still ashamed of yourself and now you're trying to take care of them. Does shame ever help any relationship? It doesn't. And it breaks our heart. We're like, I've forgiven you. Get free. Come back. Let's connect. How much more so does the ever-loving heart of the Father want us to not live in shame? And I believe there are some of us in this room who have held on to shame because we're like, yeah, great, sure, telling off your boss in the shower. That's not a big enough sin. You haven't heard what I've done. You don't know how bad my sin is. You don't know how I should be ashamed of myself. And God says he doesn't care. He has forgiven you on the cross. He has paid for your purification that you may walk free from sin. So walk free from shame. Now, that doesn't mean we don't regret things. It doesn't mean we don't walk out the consequences of our actions. But it means that blanket that disconnects us from God and disconnects us from each other and disconnects us from ourself is ripped away from us. 
And I find that it's not that God needs to take it off of us, it's that we need to let it go. We, are, don't, we don't get to be the judge of ourselves. He is my judge, and when he says I am forgiven and loved, then I have to believe the judge. Does that make sense? That's all I wanted to say today. But what I wanted to do is, yeah. <laughs> but what I wanted us to do was have time to deal with that. Because I think some of us may still be on the path that we are walking in a path that feels like a slide that can never be pulled out of. And if you have never met Jesus, if you have never um, felt the beautiful freedom of a God who loves you, saying, let me take those sin choices off of you and give you a new path, then today may be your day to say, Jesus, I want, I want a different walk. I want a different path. I want you to pick me up and make me your child and give me a life of freedom. And that may be your day today. And there may be some of us here who have just been still walking with our sticky notes on it, saying, I've come to Christ, but I've made some sin choices, and I haven't done the okay, let's be honest about what's going on with me, God, and you just need a moment of washing your heart with God. But for me, I think there's a lot of us wrapped happily walking with Jesus in our shame blanket. And, um, and some of us may not even know that. And for me, the symptom is always disconnection. It's, it's that sense of disconnection or wanting to hide. In Genesis, uh, when Genesis, normally Adam and Eve walking naked with Jesus, normal you know, not, you know, well, God. Uh, they were just having naked walks with God, absolutely fine, completely free. They sin and they want to hide from him. And for me, one of the key themes of when I'm ashamed is one, all of the stuff that I tell myself and how I'm just focused on myself and beating myself up. But it's also that I don't really want to talk to God about it. Uh, and there's a sense of disconnection there. And so I just want to, if you don't mind the worship team coming up, they're just going to play some music and give you some space to talk to God about whatever you want to talk to God about. If you want to say yes to Jesus, great. If you want to deal with some stuff that says, God, make me like you, great. And if you feel like you've been clinging onto your blanket of shame, then I think there's something about letting go. Just saying, God, I let go of that. Tell me who I am. I am a child of the living God. Loved and seen and forgiven. And I want you to just do that with him. I'm going to give you some space and time. I'm not going to teach you how to do it because some of it is just going to be very unique to you. Um, so we're just going to play some music. And I'm going to lead us in a little bit of prayer at the beginning to create those openings. And then I'll hand to Adam. God, I thank you that you love us so much. That you don't just want to see us free from sin and shame but you want to see us confident and unashamed. Yes. That you don't just rescue us from the pit, but that you lift us up into relationship with you. God, for those of us who still feel trapped in that path of sin, God, I pray that you would shine your light and lift us up. All you need to say is, yes, Jesus. Thank you for paying the cost that I may walk free from this. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all of this. Teach me to walk with you. If you're over here and have sin on you and you're like, we haven't talked about this yet, God. I know I've come to you and I've asked for your forgiveness and I've done the, the, 
the moment of walking into relationship, but there's some stuff I need to talk about. Look to your father and talk about it. But if you know you're in your shame blanket, you might just want to unclench your hands in front of God and say, I let go of my shame. And you might want to just say, I let go of all the things I say about myself. And you might want to list them in front of God. Fill me with your truth and listen to what he has to say over you. The little thoughts that bubble up of truth and love. This is your time with God, the Father who loves. He wants to see you face to face, confident and unashamed.